And I think grounding, it could be a step towards being able to hear one's soul. So literally just grounding one's energy and we can use our imaginations. And I think some people like get confused there. Like, am I, I don't know if this is real or whatever. Just let yourself imagine it mm -hmm. because the brain is designed to imagine. Right. And, right. And it can become very powerful when it, when we let it do that. And so we can imagine a beautiful grounding core going down into the heart of the earth. If we're sitting near a tree, we can imagine just connecting with the roots of that tree. Hi friends and welcome back to Curiously Wise. I'm Lauren Wittig, your host, and today I have Tessa Lynn Alburn with me. And I, it's really interesting. She and I met a good time ago, and but it's taken us a while to, to find that place to come together. So I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation. I know her from lots of Zoom experiences and, and a couple of conversations, but so I think it's gonna be really interesting today. I love the topic that we're gonna start off with. But first, let me read Tessa's bio to you so you know a little bit more about her. Tessa Lynn Alburn is a certified life and business coach for women with a background in healing and decades of experience leading live and virtual events. Tessa now helps women who are determined to express their true selves. She guides you to access your intuition, make better decisions, and live a content life. Welcome to Curiously Wise, Tessa. Well, thank you, Lauren. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this one. Me too. So, yeah. So your business is called Realized Soul, right? Yes, with a D. Realized. With a, realized. <laughs> Although you never know, I could change it because I love the transformation that comes as we continue to realize our souls. Yeah, yeah. And we, we are constantly like, ref I find I'm constantly refocusing my business just, just a little here and there, but it brings up other ways to describe things. Yeah. So I love this, that you are working with women. That's something near and dear to my heart. And I love that you're working with the soul around the soul, because that's something that I know a lot of people have a hard time defining or, or even understanding, you know, how is it separate from us? Is it part of us? You know, for me, I feel like it travels with me through lifetimes, you know, past and future. But I think everybody's got a little bit different understanding of what a soul is. So can we just start right there and, and give us your the way you use it? Oh, my gosh. What is a soul? Wow. <laughs> this just is a great. little question. Just a tiny question. Yeah. You know, my the definition of what I have come to accept as soul or, or this idea of soul keeps morphing. Mm. But right now, I see it as a container for that expression of from the oneness of all that is, becomes a contained in terms of a specific expression that wants to come out into the world or into the cosmos, even into the universe. And so it's a little indefinable. And yet within that container of our soul are various aspects and qualities and fragments and light activations and possibility. And so it's sort of like the flavor. You know, if we went to a giant ice cream store of essence, <laughs> oh, we, we each have our own souls and our own like specialness in there. 
And yet we are still able to kind of come and go and connect with the with everything that is because mm-hmm. there is no like we were so ingrained in linear thinking, mm-hmm. but you know, we are all connected. And I do believe here as a human, it's valuable for us to be able to connect with what we think of as our soul mm-hmm. because that gives us like a grounding here as a spiritual being it give, it helps us understand our place it helps give us the beginning to our path that we're going to walk okay okay yeah. is that making yeah. some sense it does right. it does it's you know it's it is for me it's both almost a concrete idea and at the same time a totally I don't know, fluffy idea. <laughs> etheric, fluffy. Yeah, etheric. Yes. That's it's just it's you know, it's sort of both and none <laughs> even. Yes. You know. So it's 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 one of those words, one of those concepts that I'm really fascinated by because I think our our understanding of it does change as we change, but it's something that we it's I see it almost like a, like that light within that is just us. You know, still connected to everything, but it's still that's for me, that's the essence of me, you know. Yes, and I love that um, visual and something that has actually been with me throughout my entire life at various points. It's come to me in dreams or through shamanic journeying or whatever meditation. It's exactly that. It's the light within us. It's like that. It's not even a flame. It's it's just a light. It's, mm. you know, it's there. And when we let that have energy and and we just let it be whole and we connect to it and love it and tend it then it shines even brighter mm-hmm. and i think there's a real beauty in that so and you know what i will add on one other thing to this idea of what soul is and i think one of the things that connects us as people when we talk about the soul is sort of this felt sense of our home mm-hmm. it's a felt sense of yet wholeness mm-hmm. yet yeah, right so the when we're in our soul when we're connecting to our soul there's a sense of belonging there's a sense of knowing there there's like a this big alignment that happens in a yeah. moment and it's really beautiful i feel like it's a snapping into focus mm, you know? yes for me, yes. at least, that's that's really been because I'm still on that journey. I, I as I often say, I'm a work in progress. You know? Well, heck yes. <laughs> I would agree with closer, that. The closer I've gotten me. to to connecting with that essence of myself, the more I feel authentic. The more I feel em- empowered. The mm. more I feel light, both sort of physically light, but also that light shining out. So for somebody who's has not connected with that sense yet, what's what are some ways that they might start to realize that there really is this deeper thing or to to connect with this deeper sense of self inside? I would say one of the first things that someone needs to to connect with or that would help them would be to really start embracing the concept that you actually have a soul Mm. right and believing that that you're you're not nothing 
And so many people can be given programming of, I don't matter, yeah. or I'm not important, right? That they feel like they're searching for something, but they don't know what. And I think they're really just searching for the soul. And so if mm -hmm. if someone can start to believe that they have one, they don't have to understand it fully yet. Just really recognizing, I do have a soul. And that's that matters, that I have a soul matters, and therefore I matter, therefore I am, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then, yeah, that can start a whole journey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what a journey it can be. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. So I know for me, one of the things that I had to learn to do in order to really connect with it was to get quiet. And this is something I talk to with my clients and, and on these podcasts quite a lot is, is there's all this chatter that we have in our heads, all of these belief systems that have come from what either people have told us that we're not worthy of something or because something happened and we're still carrying it around, even if we were two years old at the time and it was somebody took my candy bar. <laughs> it's we carry all this stuff around with us in our heads and it plays in the subconscious a lot. And so for me, meditating is a way to get quiet, but not everybody likes meditation. I don't know. How do you, how do you get yourself quiet enough to connect with that interior? You know, there are a number of ways that I've found work for clients, but in terms of myself, I would say that the most powerful way for me is being in nature and it and creating that safe environment so also along with that is feeling safe right and so i think when people like get in they're they're learning to meditate or something they can really get in their heads am i doing it right and mm -hmm. all that stuff so i just like to take that off the table and set aside an hour maybe two depending on what's in my heart what it is i'm seeking or what it is I might be even asking God or the universe and at various points in my life you know even that framing has changed yes so yes <laughs> but to go and listen to the wisdom of the plants and the trees and the the air you know and the intelligence that's all around there's life it's kind of like that magical part of the movie avatar you know where the the trees have all this shining light oh, yeah. and leaves all the way down to the roots, right? Well, that is actually happening. We just can't see it with our human eyes. Most of us, some people actually can. Yeah, and I'm not fortunate me, but, enough to yeah. meet some of those. <laughs> yeah. I remember a friend of mine, he was on the spectrum and we were playing music together because I'm a singer also. And so for fun, we were doing some stuff and he plays piano and and we, we just stopped one day and we were talking about his experience being on the spectrum. And he said, yeah, when I, what the, the main difference for him is when he looks out at the world, he sees and hears the crickets as like a blanket of energy, right? It's not like, oh, some crickets are making a sound. And then mm -hmm. we go, oh, they're crickets. That's nice. But there's literally like this vibration, a frequency, and and it has value. It has more value than just this pleasing sound or the crickets are doing this because they need to 
whatever, get together and make more cricket. But there's a greater value in in the whole wholeness of the planet. And so this aliveness is there. The earth has a soul. The trees yes. have souls, right? Like we may not ever understand what that means for them, but there is a connection and there is that light everywhere. So I go out in nature and I might just walk, like I might need to get de-stress first, mm -hmm. right? And self-regulate a little bit because, yeah. oh, you know, whatever was, <laughs> is or was going on in my life. Like for, for years, I used to just go out and be venty. Like I would vent, oh, mm -hmm. this is happening. And then finally, I would be able to regulate because mm -hmm. I needed to process right. those emotions first, right? But then once I'm there, then it's just paying attention, observing. So if it's hard to, to listen and be quiet, mm -hmm. then the, the next best way to get there, I believe, is to observe what's happening. Be curious, right? Curiously wise or just mm -hmm. be curious, right? Curiosity and, is powerful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, what's, oh, and, and really look at things visually. If you have your eyesight, then use it. Mm -hmm. You know, look at things, not how you think they are, but how they are as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And to have some fun with that, like really get macro. You know, you could look at a leaf like <laughs> way up close and personal, yeah. like, oh my, look at that. There's a whole universe in there. Yeah. It's really profound, the connection that we can make. And I think in those moments, following those connections, there it is. It's mm -hmm. just you know, a breath of peace or that breath of, it might feel like love or it might just feel like being held for a few moments. Yeah. That's probably your soul. Mm. And it's there for you. It's it's always with you to various degrees. <laughs> that's, a, that's another tack we could take. Yes. Yes. <laughs> One of the first things that I learned to do as I began to move into my spiritual path, into my spiritual gifts was I learned to talk to trees. And they talk back to me, <laughs> you know? Now, it's not like I'm hearing you, of course. It's in my, in my mind. It's in my, yes. you know, the interior hearing. But they're hilarious. They have the most amazing sense of humor. <laughs> I had a pine tree once tell me that those, those deciduous trees, they're just so lazy, they have to sleep the winter away. I'm out here all the time. <laughs> oh, that is funny. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, it's nature for me is also very, very important. I live in a beautiful place. I know, I can't remember where you're living now, but I know you have lived in beautiful places. And some of the hardest times of my life have been since I've lived here. I've been here 20 years now. So it's, you know, that's a lot of my life. But we have beautiful parks that are old growth forest. Mm -hmm. Some old growth. Some of it's not as, not, it's not as old. It's only a couple hundred years old. But yeah, we have those big trees. We have these beautiful places that have been preserved by the by our, the county I live in. And getting when I'm super stressed, which I'm not much anymore, but there was a time where I was super stressed, and I would just go. I got to get in the woods. I got I got to go lean against the tree. I couldn't. I could not do that regulation you talk about. I was so overwhelmed and exhausted. It was the near the end of my mother's life. And I just couldn't even calm myself down. I couldn't even meditate very effectively, though I did also use that. But getting out, like you say, getting out in 
nature and looking, noticing all these cool things that are going on there and how resilient it is. We're built of the same things that those trees are and the plants and the birds and everything else. We're all built of the same you know, molecules. It gave me such a sense of peace. And it was almost like the trees were willing to just take on my burdens for a little while and give me that space. And I got to where I go, yeah, fine, you keep it. I don't want it to happen, you know? <laughs> so nature is so powerful. And I think our culture, at least in a lot of this country, not all of it, because there's some places where nature is really revered but and enjoyed. But I grew up on the East Coast and it's, you know, overpopulated and highways and this sort of stuff. So the idea of getting out into nature is not second nature to most people that grew up in the kinds of areas that I did in the cities and things. And it's such a beautiful gift that's just waiting for us to step into it. It is. And it is available. I love that you just mentioned, you know, a park, mm -hmm. for example. They are There are parks in most cities around mm -hmm. the world. So even if you don't have access to old growth forests around you with acres and acres, there is something and there and even a backyard yes. can if we get out of like our compulsion to fix it or have it look a certain way and we can get beyond that and be with the birds and be with the shrubs and the trees and the because there is life happening there. We just need to eliminate maybe a little bit more of the noise. Yes. So getting into a park is great. Walking, of course, on, on a coastline, yeah. whether it's a river oh, or yeah. a creek, you know, sit, just sitting on the ground, right? Like we used right. to sit on the ground and have picnics. Right. What's happened to that <laughs> hobby? <laughs> now everybody's got their little tables and chairs that they take with. You know? <laughs> right. And yeah, and we're plugging in in a different way, but we, we're creating like a frenetic energy with all the additional electromagnetics and the amplifications of those. So what I love the tree conversation because trees all, all you know, they can be they have so much wisdom and there's medicine in trees and all of this. But another thing that they can do for us is help ground us. Mm -hmm. And I think grounding it could be a step towards being able to hear one's soul. Yeah. So literally just grounding one's energy. We can use our imaginations. And I think some people like get confused there. Like, am I, I don't know if this is real or whatever. Just let yourself imagine it mm -hmm. because the brain is designed to imagine. Right. And, right. And it can become very powerful when, it, when we let it do that. And so we can imagine a beautiful grounding cord going down into the heart of the earth. If we're sitting near a tree, we can imagine just connecting with the roots of that tree. We don't have to be sitting near the tree, but it's really nice where yeah. we are. It's an added benefit. <laughs> yeah. <two> for me. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so when somebody comes to work with you, what sort of path do you take them on? Well, we didn't talk about that before we started, but that's no, where and, my curiosity is taking That's me. okay. I have a cycle of transformation, you know, that's going to include self-kindness, mm. forgiveness. You know, like there are definitely milestones along the path that are common to everybody that I work with. But it really begins with what's in the heart of this person. What is it that they're seeking? Because they may 
want be wanting to bring something forward creatively into the world, or they may be in a place where they're wanting physical healing and a little su support that would help them on a deeper level that they're not receiving through regular the regular channels or even the alternative channels. They have a knowing, maybe, in that case, that they, there's something deeper. And, of course, that all fits within what you and I know as the shamanic paradigm, that disease comes from the spiritual aspects yeah. or a spiritual place first. Somebody else may be wanting to just understand their tuition better. So I start because they maybe they want to be able to make better decisions or trust themselves because they're like, I keep getting, this keeps happening in my life and I don't get it. And mm -hmm. they might be feeling powerless or something. So we just start working where they are. But along the way, one of the key elements to having the result that they want, the outcome, that is to embrace the parts of the soul that have been fragmented, let's say, that don't feel like they're connected anymore. Mm -hmm. And you and I might refer to this as soul loss and you know classic shamanism and core shamanism talks about like one of the ways to heal that is through soul retrieval yeah and there there's that method the the core way or there are other methods and we can call back these parts of ourselves if we're willing to give them some space and some kind nurturing and some love and let them know it's safe to come back mm -hmm. now. Because I think that's one of the key pieces, is yeah. right? That sense For of safety. Loss. Yeah. Yes. A lot of us come in with that, I mean, come in or have it created or, or reinforced in this life that we're not safe. And I know for me, my voice was shut down for a long time because I didn't feel safe to speak. It didn't feel safe to be seen. And yes. some of that was past life and some of that was growing up in a very dysfunctional family, you know, <laughs> but I think I Absolutely. reinforced it. So I had to learn that lesson this time. I had to, had to embrace it and heal it and let it go. And, and there's been quite a bit of soul retrieval work done. So it's, uh, yeah, that's, yes. Well, that's actually how I got into all of, all of this was I had been very sad, very depressed. I dealt with depression at various early stages of my life and and then I, I think it's maybe in my early 30s I was talking with someone on a real deep level because we were trying to make sense of the world you know and having all these mm -hmm. kind of conversations but not really finding answers and then one day Arnold Mendel I think is his name his name came up having to do with the soul and he has a particular way that he t thinks about it, but I got turned on to Sandra Ingerman. I was like, soul and soul loss. Like we're... And I remember reading something that Sandra Ingerman had written, written around soul loss. And when I read it, I was like, bingo, mm -hmm. that I know that's happened to me. And I just knew, I felt it. I knew yeah. it. And I thought, if I'm really going to make progress, you know, therapy is great, but it's not getting me there. And it's helping me kinder to myself and it's helping me to give context to why I'm feeling the way I am but I needed that piece of that of mm. calling myself back and I didn't know how that was going to happen but I started to 
want it and believe that I could have it. And I sought out the help for it. And then I got trained in all these different ways yeah. to bring back soul essence. Seems like so many of us that do this healing work come to it because we had to do the work ourselves. Absolutely. And I know that it's always easier to teach what you've had to really work to learn, you know, than those things that come intuitively are easy. Yes. Oh, all right. So, yeah. So this idea of soul, that we are more than, than the body, that we're more than maybe what we've been told we are, is it's a, it's a pivotal aspect of the work that you do with people. It's a pivotal aspect that I think that all of us who are doing healing work is really working on, whether we do it directly or you know indirectly yes and and we're so we're more than what we think we are right we're the spiritual beings having a human experience tell you but what does that mean and that gives me a certain permission it gives me kind of a a certain okayness with whatever my human experience is but when, i think when one of the, the 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 definers when i'm working with people around whatever it is they're wanting to do with their soul, like whether it's to connect or understand their purpose or get parts back, you know, or just understand it more and be able to feel it and know that that's it. There, There's this energetic piece that happens, which I would call the alignment, right? There's an, it's calling it back in and then and whatever parts are there right now, they're still with you and it's creating the sensation and becoming aware of what it is to know that your soul is connected to you. So there's an experience of finding that, let's say, in your body. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is really hard stuff to talk about, but it's not that hard to do, really. It's right. much easier to do. It's just harder to talk about. You know, so we can do it through guided meditation and we're thinking certain ways because our brain is geared to think of things in, in a linear form. So we can use that to co actually connect to our soul. We don't, our, our soul isn't in our brain, but we use the brain to mm -hmm. get the experience of the soul in our body and in ourselves. And then whatever's going on in our life, whatever our life situation is, we can use that. We can like, tune into that sensation or that knowing when we're making decisions, mm -hmm. when we're deciding on projects, when we're going forward in the world, when we've got a conflict and we're like, shit, how do I deal with that? I just want to smack that person and, mm -hmm. you know, send them home crying. Uh, like they're never going to come around me again. But instead, we, we want to be able to connect in our soul, with our soul, as a partner, right, for, mm -hmm. well, wait a second. What would be in alignment with me, all mm -hmm. of me, not just the little me, the little ego right. me, but the yeah. all of me, the grander me, the one that is forever, mm -hmm. you know, that will live on that part of me that's going to live on like that part of me. How do I respond from that? Yeah. And so it's a beautiful journey that unfolds and like you know, can be super simple, like the foods we eat, at making the decisions around those, or making big career decisions, or who do I marry? Like, we, we, when we can listen to our soul and have that connection and that knowing, it's so much easier. 
Yeah. Life is great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And happier. Happier, more joyful, easier. Yeah. All those things that we want. It's really all locked inside of us and we just have to to connect with it to unlock that and bring it. Unlock that key. Yeah. Yeah. And let it fill up. right? Right. Not be afraid of it. Right. Yeah. 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 It's it's there's a piece of there that I just want to add to that for me, perspective has been a really important lesson because I get so lost in my emotions and projecting. Mm. If I say that I'm going to get in trouble or this is going to happen and it's going to be awful. And and with the soul, there's still for me, I need a perspective sometimes I, because I react, you know, to whatever it is, whatever the stimulus is, the situation is. And it's an old story. And then I have to, I've learned to stop and go, okay. And I actually put my hands over my heart because that's sort of how I connect with it. And I go, okay, why am I reacting this way? How would I prefer to react? What's the compassion I can bring? What's the forgiveness I can bring? What's for myself or the other, whatever's going on? How do I want to be in the world in this moment? Yes. And that's using the brain again as a tool. Mm -hmm. But it's also, it takes me out of the emotion. So it gives me a little perspective on, okay, I can, I can work from here, not from the crazy, you know, from the heart, not from the crazy. Yes. And, you know, my head. The, the HeartMath Institute talks about this as congruence. Mm. Right. And so I love like a lot of people that I work with find putting their hands on their heart very, very regulating. It's creating a congruency. And, you know, the heart also like has a special opening to the universe as well (laughs) that, you know, that's a whole area of study or meditation if one wants to take that spiritual journey on. But when we, we use the body, we use the mind to, to physically feel our skin and connect with that vibration that's going on in there, we have access to so much more and the and the body responds in this beautiful way. It wants to support us. And so it starts to regulate and it mm-hmm. starts to go, oh, I don't have to be stressed about that. Let's see what else is here. Yeah. Oh, oh, I was hurting a little bit. Oh, okay. I just need to, re- oh, that's releasing now. All right. What else is present? Mm-hmm. What else is there? It's bringing that yeah. curiosity to, okay, that was a really interesting way that I reacted to that. I'm not sure that's the best thing for me. <laughs> exactly. And inevitably, when we do this work for ourselves, it ripples out to everybody around us and everything around us. So that's the other piece that I love is that by doing this work on myself for over these past 10 years or more, I've changed and that's changed all my relationships in good ways. You know, it's made them easier. It's made them, you know, far less full of conflict. Not that they were all full of conflict, but all of all of them are calmer. I'm able to be more present for people. I'm able to be in the moment rather than projecting forward or looking back to see what might happen, you know, this time. It is such a beautiful place to live. Yes. <laughs> this is one of my favorite topics of all time is pre- the topic of presence. Yeah. And I I am similar to you in that way. Like that's been part of my journey where I used to have to retreat or be afraid, yeah, mm-hmm. be on guard a lot because of, you know, yeah. my, my history. Mm-hmm. And so learning to be around people and actually be present was really hard. I wanted to, 
And I learned adapting. I adapted and learned some behaviors that allowed me to do it, but I didn't feel safe and I wasn't present to myself. Mm -hmm. Like I was just really, really observant and quiet and, you know, paying attention. <laughs> Sounds but very it was familiar. Hard. <laughs> it was a hard life. Yeah. yeah. And there's a paradigm that many, many people live in in our world today. And the cool thing is that there's something much more lovely that's available but the paradigm that many people are living in is a catabolic one where and the reason is because they're trying to protect themselves and one of the ways we see it enacted a lot is by having to be right yes yeah by having to be better than you know mm -hmm. to dominate or to be right about stuff Right. And we that doesn't mean that we want to give up like knowing and learning and education. But when we stay in that place of having to be right and we don't allow ourselves to have a different perspective or to have an opening, then it is a rough, rough life. Yeah. You know, it's stressful. It just wears us out. We're, we never can get free of it. Yeah. Yeah. Been there, done Everything's that. always a competition, right? Right. Yeah. Right. That need to be right is, is insidious. Yes. As it really does drive for me, I, you know, personally, it, it drove me to always be defensive. You know, yes. I always had to protect my position. I had to protect my experience. And it's, it's, fun for me because I've gotten very aware just in the last year or two of having a conversation with somebody, not agreeing with them, but instead of protecting my position, I get curious. It's like, okay, so why is this triggering me to feel defensive? What happens if I just listen and don't have to be right? Because <laughs> two people can be right at the same time, you know, in different ways. <laughs> so. It's, but that, that question of, you know, do I really have to be right? No, I don't have to be right. I can know I'm right and not have to prove it to anybody. There's all kinds of ways to, to come at that. But it's so peace invoking, I want to call it. For yes, me, well, for you're me probably the other one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're creating more connection in your relationships yeah. because there's not this edginess or you know, one person needing to be perfect and get it right. And the other person, you know, being like, yes, no, you are or you are not right. And mm -hmm. we can't be connected from that place. Right. We Correct. can. Yeah. So the presence, being present to ourselves and to others allows for so much greater connection. And like you, like the friendships that I have in my life now are just so amazing and every now and then i think about well gee what if i could have you know been like this with somebody from when i was back in my 20s and mm -hmm. it would have just been entirely different and yet of course there's value still in those relationships cuz they helped get us where we are yes in yeah. one way or another yeah we learned from everything yes i think that's a good place for us to leave it today this is a lovely conversation. I love talking about this stuff. So it's just, I love just everything about it. It makes me feel good to share this, these journeys that you and I have been on mm. with those who are listening. Because everybody's got their own journey, but they, 
they can all be beautiful. Everyone. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to have, I have one last question for you. And that is, do you have a must read book you can recommend? Yes. I, I think the one that I will recommend is Mending the Fragmented Self by Sandra Ingerman. So if you're, if you're wanting to have greater wholeness or like understand yourself more as a great start, it'll help create an opening. And then she's got another book called Welcome Home that I believe that's the one that's got like little work. It's kind of like a little workbook. Mm. It's a story and they're like little things that you can do to support yourself and get started with listening. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good place to start listening to yourself, listening to the trees. <laughs> yes, or the yes. you know the beetle that crosses the, yep. your walkway. Right, that beetle might have something to say. Yep, you never know. <laughs> if you don't listen, you'll never hear it. <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, this has been really fun, and I've learned a lot as I always do in these conversations. Which is, I, I love being a lifelong learner too. So that's mm. always a plus for me. Tell the listeners where they can find you. Yes. The easiest thing, the easiest way to find me is go to tessafreegift.com. Just go to tessafreegift.com and you can receive a gift from me. If you'd rather go more, like you're the type of person that needs to have a lot more information, you can go to realizedsoul.com. I'm also on Instagram. Instagram as Tessa of Realized Soul and on Facebook right presently. I don't know how much longer, but I am there now. You can look, just look up my name, Tessa Alburn. And we'll have all of that in the show notes. And so people can find it that way as well. Great. Thank you for joining me today. This has been fun. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it myself. And I hope, I hope you all out there will come back next week for another episode of Curiously Wise. In the meantime, stay curious. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future fabulous conversations. And if you had any ahas, please share them in a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to pay forward the unique wisdom we all have. If you want to know more about me or my intuitive energy healing practice, Heartlight Wellness, please head over to my website, www.heartlightjoy.com. Curiously Wise is a team effort. I am grateful for the skill and enthusiasm Arlene Membrot, our producer, and Sam Wittig, our audio engineer, bring to this collaboration. Our music is Where the Light Is, by Lemon Music Studio. I'm Lauren Wittig. Please join me again next week for another episode of Curiously Wise. From my heart to yours, may your life be filled with love, light, joy, and of course, curiosity.